How do we cry authentic tears and mourn the loss of a holy temple in which we never witnessed it in its glory? How can we sit on the floor and commiserate with the pain of the Almighty and all that we have lost if we've never seen the base Habechira with its grandeur? We've never been able to see the Kohan Mulevi and Bishira Mulazimram. How do we connect with something seemingly that feels so untouchable? Step one, it's already important, I'd imagine. I heard this from a great person that a person should know that it is very hard. And a little bit of pressure should be put. It is important, but it is very hard. So to feel inadequate, it's just too hard to therefore feel despondent. That is neither the right of Aida and perhaps should most definitely be refrained from. However, with that being said, any step forward in the connection to what we have lost is probably very valuable in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch. And here's one approach. Now, to really kick this idea off, the great Reb Ruven Leuchter, the main disciple from Reb Shlomo Volba, the great Mashgiach Zechrein Levracha, he told us that, truthfully, there are countless structures and ideas in Klal Yisrael that we are asked to connect to that we cannot touch. How many times are we told to get into our souls? You can't touch the neshama. You're supposed to connect with the creator of the world. You can't see him or feel him in a very corporeal, practical way. It takes work. And this is the job of a Jew, to make spiritual concepts and that world into a practical reality. So with this idea, maybe it'll add some fuel to the fire to help us really get and visualize the base on Migdash and all that it was. One approach comes from the great altar of Kelm, Reb Simcha Zisol Ziv, whose yard site actually is today. Rabbi Ruchim would talk ceaselessly about this idea. The altar of Kelm told us that Moshe Rabbeinu, the quintessential Jewish leader, showed one very strong Midah in his climb to greatness and that small part of the story that we are privy to in Moshe's upbringing. Moshe Rabbeinu, growing up in Pharaoh's house, sees the Hebrews outside schlepping packages, says the verse that Moshe Rabbeinu, he felt very connected to their struggles. He went outside and he saw their pain. He was no say but oil chavira. He put their packages on his back. He felt their pain. He felt their anguish. And the Medrash says quite literally that Moshe Rabbeinu, he actually went outside and to get into their shoes and to feel his fellow's pain, he picked up a package, put it on his back and started to schlep so that he could practically and tangibly feel the pain. The job of a person to make the imaginative, the dimyon, the concepts that we cannot see into our reality is a job that is an all-encompassing avoda in the life of a Jew. So perhaps the reason that we sit on the floor on Tisha B'Av, mourning, growing our beards, eating ashes and eggs, singing Eicha in a very somber tune, all to set the mood, using items to make it practical. So we should strive to be present to these actions, to let this set the mood. Because there's an unbelievable and majestic gift that the Almighty gave us called imagination. And you could literally live in a world. And 2023 testifies to this. You could live in a world that is totally fake. But in this case, you can recreate the life of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov and recreate in your mind the holy Harabais and what it stood for. To be nice over Ayochavero sometimes, it even means to do something practical to fear the ill pain, to feel their pain. Putting packages on your back like Moshe Rabbeinu. To feel Hashem's pain, this Tisha B'Av, and to understand what we have lost. Be present and privy to all that we are doing to set the mood and the tone. And as that parochas is taking down from the Aron Kodesh, then see it and then feel it and then imagine it and then visualize it and make these imaginative, superhuman, supernatural, celestial concepts of Ruchnius as practical as we can through this amazing koyach called imagination. <laughs>